interesting I like the boring things I appreciate the little things I look for the special things I Hello and welcome to Monday's Faithful Mindfulness episode. I'm Dr. Justin Meyer, a trauma-informed board-certified therapist, Anglican bishop, seminary professor, and life coach. My life's goal and the goal of this podcast is to help people become everything that God created them to be. And we do that by embracing the practices of prayer, devotion, gratitude, and healing mindfulness exercises so that people can hear clearly from God and embrace the abundant life that Jesus said he came to bring us. Well, I am thankful that you are joining us today. Today is just some time with me. Hopefully next week we will have another great and interesting guest for that episode. But today we're going to be talking about something that I feel is very important. Something that is a practice that you can embrace to help engage life in a more positive posture just beyond gratitude. And that tool to put in your tool belt in dealing with rough situations is called reframing. Would you say you tend to have more positive mindset or a more negative mindset? How could you start training your mind to look for God in every situation? Everyone has personal struggles they're facing. Everyone does. Sometimes they're really big, sometimes they're small, but we all go through trials and tribulations. How can you look for God in those situations? The scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, which you've heard probably multiple times on this podcast. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. One of the things that I find really interesting about this scripture is that scripture recognizes that most of our struggles that we engage in are not struggles against people and they aren't struggles against actually true trials or tribulations in our life, but the struggle is how we respond with our mental capacity. Listen to that scripture again. It says, we demolish arguments. We don't demolish people. We don't demolish situations. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what? the knowledge of God. So God has a way for us to think and engage the world with a clear mind, a clear conscience that allows us to tackle struggles from a positive perspective, to engage and overcome the trials and tribulations in our life from a positive and a mentally healthy perspective. But the world and the enemy has a different plan, right? It says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. 
the way that we are supposed to wrestle and toil through our situations is with our mental capacity to put ourselves in the right frame of mind to tackle those experiences. Now, are there things that get in the way of processing things the way that God desires us to tackle these situations? And the answer is absolutely yes, right? We get trained or conditioned is probably a better way to say that to deal with frustrations sometimes in negative ways. We get conditioned to react with anger or sadness instead of taking a step back and removing ourselves from the emotions at hand. Not saying that you shouldn't feel emotions. Emotions are very important. But to logically process a situation, to be able to step back and remove ourselves from the emotional situation is very important to be able then to try to process things as best we can with our frontal lobe. And of course then we do have deficiencies in our brains and some would argue we are born with those deficiencies where our brains do not fire serotonin or dopamine properly, but others argue that our brains are shaped over time through the creation of neural pathways that prevents our brains triggering those hormones baths of serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, and the like that help us control those issues of fear, anxiety, and depression. And so we have to look at this globally. What can we do personally to overcome? What might we want to do medically for a short amount of time to help people overcome? And then what can we do in conjunction to move into the right directions. I'll tell you, I think this is where a therapist or a psychiatrist or a pastor who has truly been trained in the areas of counseling can really be a help. Because I'm not sitting here just saying that we need to pray away, right? Prayer is a very strong weapon in the arsenal of God in the ways we do not battle against the weapons and the issues of this world, but there is community, there is coaching, there is therapy that I think God desires us to have access to, that we can partner with prayer and the study of God's word and being in community with others. So let us have the right mindset and understand that the war we fight in our minds is multifaceted and we are at different places in our lives along the journey. So Let us continue then to talk about what it means to reframe. We have the right mindset that the battles we're facing are more in our mind than outside of ourselves. And that's why we need to learn the art of reframing. And reframing is this, creating a different way of looking at a situation or relationship by changing its meaning in our mind. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Listen to these words written by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 through 13. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. 
as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So here we have the Apostle Paul who has been thrown in jail for his faith, for the proclamation of the gospel, for connecting with both Jews and Gentiles, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and that all of those people had actually put Jesus on the cross, but God still loved them despite putting his one and only son on the cross to suffer and die, right? And he then claims, okay, you have messed up, but here is the good news that God still loves you, that Jesus rose from the dead, and he offers us eternal life and a new way of living also. That's the message of Paul, right? And so he is presenting this message that is revolutionary to the Jewish faith, and then he is also proclaiming a message that is radical and revolutionary and almost not almost, truly is treasonous to the Roman government. And so he is proclaiming what is simply to him good news, and he ends up in chains. He gets thrown in jail. He's treated poorly. He's probably abused. Uh, In jail, he doesn't have the finest eating, right? He's not allowed to travel. He probably doesn't have a a decent bed. He's probably just sleeping on the ground, right? There are a number of issues that Paul, in this situation, as he's writing the book to the Philippians, that he is struggling with. But instead of saying, you know, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that life has become miserable and it really sucks, that I have been thrown in jail and this just proves to me that I should stop proclaiming the gospel. This proves to me that God doesn't want me to do this, that I was all wrong about Jesus, and if I ever get out of here, I'm just going to quit and give up. No, that's, that's not Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. That's Philippians in a parallel universe where the Apostle Paul decides that he really didn't hear from God, but he did. And so instead of being negative about his situation, what he does is he reframes it. He looks for God at work in this situation, and he looks at how he can utilize this situation to best accomplish the purpose and the goal that he has set before him. Or, as we would say, he looks at how he's going to use this situation to be everything that God has created him to be. So, how can you begin to engage in life's trials and tribulations? How can you take a step back and begin to reframe. Well, I think reframing your story and your relationships takes a few different steps. The first of which is to look for God's goodness and be grateful for what you have in the moments, right? It is why we practice gratitude, and I think gratitude is the first step 
in reframing. Understand that every good thing comes from God and that even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we can be thankful. Paul could be thankful that he still was being fed. Paul could be thankful that he still had life. Paul could be thankful that he was able to share his message with both the palace guard and those others who were in chains with him. The next is, thank God for what didn't happen. And you know, maybe this uh, seems a little contrary to positive thinking, but sometimes we need to realize how awful situations actually could be. We need to think about what could be the worst situation in this moment because oftentimes we are not in the worst situation in the moment. Things could actually be much worse. And so we need to thank God for what didn't happen. Then we need to write down, if we can, or speak out loud, or logically think the ways that we can use this situation for good. And this might be where you might want to engage with a medical health professional, or you might want to engage with a spiritual advisor, or a pastor, or a close friend, where you can actually say, okay... I am in a rough spot right now, or okay, I am in a bad situation right now, and identify that bad situation, but then begin to list out how you can use that bad situation to truly be utilized to become what it is God created you to be. And I want to tell you, if you need help in that, if you can't afford a mental health professional or if you don't feel connected to your pastor in a way that you could ask or share those things with him or you don't feel like you have a friend in your life at this direct moment at time who can point you in the right directions, I want you to know that I am absolutely here for you. I would love to connect with you, to coach you, to guide you, to offer you a therapeutic perspective in how how to overcome and utilize the rough situations in our lives to become everything that God has created you to be. So, understanding that, I want us to honestly, in the midst of our struggles, to ask where God is at in the process. Because as Jesus says, he will never leave us or forsake us. He is always in the midst of our trials and tribulations. I don't believe that God causes our trials and tribulations. I believe that the brokenness of the world causes our trials and tribulations. But I do believe that God wants to be in the midst of our trials and tribulations, redeeming us and redeeming those situations for our good and his glory. In fact, scripture tells us this in Romans 8:28. God uses all things, not some things, but God uses all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So God wants to be in the midst of your trials, your tribulations, your lowest point, your darkest hour, and he wants to redeem them for your good and for his glory. That to me is a bit of why reframing is so important. When we begin to reframe, it does not necessarily make the trial or the tribulation go away, but it gives us the ability to cope with 
and deal with these situations in a way that provides us momentum to embrace the life that we've truly wanted. So if you will now, take a deep breath with me, in through your nose, and out through your mouth. In through your nose, and out through your mouth. And just begin to relax. We ask that if you are operating a motorized vehicle at this time, that you please pull over to the side of the road, or that you would wait till you get home after you have paused the podcast and get to a place where you feel relaxed and comfortable so that you can safely participate in today's healing mindfulness moment and take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth in through your nose and out through your mouth and gently rest your eyes This week's mindfulness moments will focus on the fruits of the Spirit. And take another deep breath with me in through your nose and out through your mouth. And allow your body to adjust and become comfortable. Adjust and become relaxed calm and relaxed and notice your breathing slowly in and out in and out allowing your body to become heavier and seep deeper and deeper in to your chair as you continue to become more calm and relaxed, deeper and deeper and deeper in to relax. I want you to do as we have done before. I want you to focus today on the person who you feel loves you the most as we focus on the fruit of the Spirit, love. Think about that person who loves you the most, and I want you to picture them in your mind. And I want you to picture a time in your mind from in your life where you felt that they expressed love to you well. And I want you to think about what that love felt like for you. Experience that love internally. Maybe it feels like a cooling sensation. Maybe it feels 
like electricity passing through your body. Maybe it feels like warmth or being held. Maybe it feels like a few different sensations. But allow those feelings to consume you. Allow those feelings to radiate through your body. And take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth. Now I want you to picture you loving someone. Think about the person whom you love most in your life. And as you think about that person, think about what it feels like to show and to express love to them. And take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out through your mouth. And gently open your eyes. And if you will, join me in taking out your gratitude journal, your smartphone, or your tablet, so that we can write down three things that we are grateful for. It is good and right to give thanks and praise to the one who gives us everything that is good. And as we practice gratitude daily, it allows us to rewrite neural pathways in our brains. It allows us to engage life in a more positive posture. It is the first step often to helping us reframe trials and tribulations in our lives. And practicing gratitude, even when we are doing well, allows us to confront the situations that will bring us stress in the future in a more positive, focused, and mentally healthy way. So what are you thankful for today? I am thankful for a wife who brings me coffee every day. I am thankful for very comfortable clothes. And I am thankful that today I get to talk to some folks that are in ministry and I get to record a lesson on church planting today with one of my friends. So those are three things that I am thankful for today. What are the three things that you are thankful for today? And take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And allow the feeling of gratitude to fill you. And let me pray for us. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And we thank you that you have shaped and created us in such a way that we can step outside of our feelings and emotions at times and think logically about our situations. That we can stand back and not only observe the way we feel, but also think about our thinking processes and change them. Lord, help us to develop the tools to change our thoughts and to take captive other thoughts that are destructive to our well-being. Gracious God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, heal us 
and transform us to become everything that you have created us to be. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to thank you for joining us today for Faithful Mindfulness. And I want to thank Lillian Meyer for her music that brings us in and takes us out. And I want to thank Pastor Sean Steele who produces our episodes daily and puts in a ton of work to help make this podcast a reality. Remember that you can connect with us at faithfulmindfulness.com, rethinkfaith.org, or finding us on Facebook. And you also can always email me at justin.patrick.meyer, that's M-E-I-E-R, at gmail.com. Well, we thank you for your time today. We appreciate you spending time with us. We enjoy spending time with you. We hope that you have a wonderful and amazing day. God bless. Oh, I appreciate the little things in 